before I open the word, I just want to share this story with you. And be kind to me this morning and laugh at the right times. Can you do that for me? Okay, thank you. A new farmer walks into a hardware store and asks for a chainsaw that can cut down six trees in an hour. Remember that, six trees in an hour. The salesman recommends the top of the line model. The farmer is suitably impressed and buys the chainsaw. The next day he brings it back complaining that he could only cut down one tree and it took all day. The salesman takes the chainsaw, turns it to start position, primes it, pulls the cord, and it starts. The farmer says, what's that noise I'm hearing? Read the manual. How do you cut one? It took him all day to cut a tree with a chainsaw, and he did it without starting it. So read the manual. This morning we're going to open God's Word, the manual. So we're going to start in the book of Genesis and end in the book of Revelation. So stay with me. It might be quite long. So just stay with me. If you're taking notes, those of you that are watching online, if you have your Bibles, this morning I'm preaching from the New King James. If you have your Bibles taking notes, please stay with me, because we are going to start this morning with the book of Genesis, and I'm going to open in this text. Why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word? Is that okay? Can we do that this morning? Come on, stand up. I know you've been standing a while, but please stand. And I'm going to read our text this morning, which is taken from Genesis 3, verses 22 to 24, which reads as follows. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know God and evil, good and evil. And now lest he put on his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Lord, this morning we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray for good soil in this place, that Lord, each one will open their hearts and to receive that which you'd have received today. And Lord, we know your word will not return void. So now, Lord, take it and use it for your glory. In your precious name I pray, and all of God's people said, Amen, and you may be seated. God has, many times he uses his creation to get our attention. This, this message this morning is entitled, How Does God Get Our Attention? And he will use his creation many times. Uh, to start with, if you just read ahead a few chapters, we have the flood, which covered the whole earth. Now, if you are starting with God's word and you have a problem with the flood, you're going to have a problem with God's word all the way through. If you believe the flood didn't happen, you're going to have a problem with the rest of the Bible. If you want to Google to have a bit of a, an idea how large that ark was, you can Google. There's one that is built in Tennessee, a two-spec. It's, it's longer than a football field. And so 
Was the ark built? Yes, it was. God's word says the ark was built, and it said that the rains came down, and God covered the whole earth. The highest mountain in uh, North America is, it was count, called uh, Mount McKinley, but now it's um, Denali. They've changed the name of it. But a few years ago when we were ministering in Alaska, we had the opportunity to fly over this mountain. It's about 22,000 feet high, and it makes its own weather patterns. That's how high. In summertime, it'll be snowing up there. But to think that it says, the word says, everything was covered including mountains like Denali were, were covered with water. And then if you read chapter 9 and it says God put a rainbow in the sky as a promise that he would never... God created the rainbow. He put it in the sky as a promise that he would never ever again cover the earth with water. So God uses floods. He can use fire. He can use earthquakes. He can use volcanoes, tornadoes to get our attention. Now, I don't know if you've been catching lately the disasters that have been happening all over the world. Last week, there were three tornadoes touched down in Illinois, Ohio, uh, the states, the fires, um, 7.1 on a Richter scale. Haiti got hit again. Uh, fires down the West Coast. Germany has never experienced flooding like they have. Uh, hailstones in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. Go figure. Can you make hailstones out in sand? Snow in Brazil. These things are happening as I speak. Volcanoes in Italy. There's hardly a country right now in the world. China is experiencing flooding. Japan, serious flooding. So is, is God trying to get a, our attention through the different things happening? I don't know. Is he? God even got our attention by uh, a whale swallowing a man, and we had a whale of a time. No, I'm just kidding. Jonah gave him indigestion, and the whale spit him out on the shore. Have you ever heard of a donkey talking to a man? God can do it. Have you ever had a rooster that can crow exactly three times and stop? God's creation. God will use his creation to get his message to us. The question, do we listen? Do we listen? There's one other creation that we're going to have a look at in just a moment, but I want to read this to you. Most of you would know this when this happened, but it's when the, the telegram was invented in 1844. An urgent message would be communicated in this manner. I mean, to the generation right now, they would uh, basically have no idea what a telegram is. I think some of us still question how a fax machine works. And this is how it happened. A telegram would come on a yellow piece of paper with strips of typed words pasted on it, 
instead of periods, because they couldn't use periods at that time yet, it would read as follows. Tornado last night, stop. We are safe, stop. House destroyed, stop. Must find lodging, stop. And there were two parts to this type of communication, the message and the messenger. In case of telegrams, someone wanted to send a message to someone a great distance away, a messenger was needed. So where it got to, there had to be somebody there to deliver the message. And that brings me to this one. One of God's creations, they're called angels. In fact, the word angel means messenger. And God would send his angels, still sends his angels, to bring a message, and they are called a messenger. Now, angels can come in many different forms. For whatever reason, right away you think of an angel, you think of this being with wings on the back. That's not totally true. I started out today with the cherubim. Now, the cherubim are also on the Ark of the Covenant, which you remember when God had... Moses built the tabernacle in the desert. There was the Ark of the Covenant, and on there were two symbols of two cherubim with their uh, wings pointing to each other. But then there's also the seraphims. You read about in Isaiah. Seraphims are angels with six wings. It says with two they fly, with two they cover their face, and the other two they cover their feet, and they fly around the throne in heaven saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah said the doorposts of the temple were shaken. The presence of God. Holy. Then there's other types of angels, and we're going to read about one right now, which you're all very familiar with. If you'll turn in your Bibles now to Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, which we're going to start on verse 26. This angel has a name. Now, you've heard this story many times, but this angel has a name. Starting with Luke 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what man of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the Highest, will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, 
has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed. Different types of angels. Now, the meat of this message is not about angels. I'm leading into the meat, the, the most important part of the message, so stay with me, okay? Don't nod off at this point. Angels. This one came as a man, and you can go through Scripture and you look at Abraham. Abraham, two men visited Abraham and told him that they were going to go over to where Lot lived and destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You're familiar with this. I'm not telling you something you don't know. Two men. They went over to Lot, told Lot to get out of the city that was going to be destroyed. As you know, four left the city, but only three survived. Lot's wife looked back. So angels can come in different forms. When Jesus rose from the dead and the women came to the tomb, and they, they walked into the, the tomb, and, and here's a man, they said, dressed in white apparel. When Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples were looking up, and it says two men stood there dressed in white apparel and said, why are you looking up? This Jesus who left, someday he's coming back the same way. God's messengers. So what does angels have to do with you? I am so glad you asked. Here it is. Right now you need to nudge your neighbor and say, can I borrow your pen and I want to write this on my arm, okay? Psalm 91. Here we go. Verse 11 and 12. You need to get this down inside of you. Psalm 91, verse 11. For he shall keep his angels' charge over you. So does that mean each one of you is assigned an angel? I mean, I think some of you have a really busy angel. The way you drive, especially. <laughs> For he shall keep his angels charge of you and keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I can say with all sincerity that every one of us in this room at one time or another has been protected by an angel. It's the truth. If it wasn't so, you wouldn't be here today. Have I ever seen an angel? Not personally. Not that I know of. Do I know people that have seen angels? Yes, I do. But there's times in my life I know that an angel intervened in my, in my situation. I, before I went into full-time ministry in 1991, I was working 
for a large firm out of Edmonton, and part of my territory went into the Northwest Territories, and I was coming out of Hay River late at night, and I wanted to get home to my family, and I was tired, and I was pushy. And I fell asleep. And I woke up, and I was passing a semi-trailer. I was halfway down the side of it, and I woke up. They should have found me underneath the back of that semi. I backed off, and I pulled over to the side of the road, and I was just sat there, and I just shook, and I said, Thank you, Lord. My time is not done here yet. Is there angels? As sure as we're sitting here this morning, are there angels in this room today? Probably, as we're going to see later on in God's Word, God even assigns an angel to the churches that have a heart and a passion for the things of God. Angels are messengers on assignment. How many are here this morning? I don't know. I don't know how many. Is there one standing? I have no idea. I can't see it. But there are angels. I want to give you one more. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Flip to there quickly. This is to confirm that there are times that you have had angels you weren't even aware of. This is what God's Word says. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Which reads as follows, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to what? Entertain strangers. For by some by doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. So at your table at home, do you have an extra plate and chair sitting there? I'm just kidding. I don't know. Have you entertained one lately? But you need to be aware of that. Which really now brings us to the meat of this message. And now we're going to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Turn quickly in your Bibles, Revelation chapter 3. Now to many theologians, and I'm sure you've heard many preach on this one, a lot would say this is the last church just before Jesus comes back. This is the state of the church. It's called the Laodicean church. And this, in my Bible, it's written in red, so Jesus is sending a message, and John is the messenger. John is going to write this down. As you know, John was on the Isle of Patmos, exiled there, and he wrote the book of Revelation, which we're going to quickly look at just the one church this morning, the Laodicean church, which reads as follows. Starting on 3, verse 14. And Jesus said to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write. 
These things say the Amen and the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were caught, hot, cold or hot. How do you like your food? Do you like it hot? Well, I would think you like your potato salad, in most cases, cold, right? I would think so. Because it could be very nah, not hot. There are some hot potato salads, but in most cases, not. Or would you like your potato salad lukewarm? I don't think you'd go for that. Lukewarm is in between. It is really not good for anything. It's not hot and it's not cold. And then God says, because you're neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out. That is strong words. So this morning as you're sitting here, I'm saying this with love and compassion. This is between you and the Lord. Only you can decide where are you. And from those watching at home right now, where, where are you in your walk with the Lord? It's a dangerous place to get when you're lukewarm. We continue to read. Verse 17, because you say I'm rich, have it become wealthy and need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, the, I think the most dangerous time for Christians is when the deep freeze is full and everything's going just great. Come on now. It can be dangerous. We enjoy God's blessings. But do we have a tendency then to get kind of complacent? Is, there, is that possible? You know, I, uh, many times over the years I've been in countries where I've had the opportunity to preach to a totally black church. And there's one thing God gave blacks. He didn't give us whiteies. When you're preaching in a black church, they're going to amen you, cheer you, till you drop behind the pulpit. But I don't know what happens to us whiteies. What happened to you? Did God leave us in the deep priest? I don't know. But that we have that passion. <laughs> passion for the things of God. But let's read on. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with the eye salve that you may see. It's giving us direction there really how we should be living our lives and that eye salve can actually have two meanings. Eye salve put on when you're having um, eye problems in those days. They'd put a salve on. But also, did you know that the eyes are the gateway to the soul? The eyes tell you a lot about how a person is doing. Look into the eyes of a person. 
Have you done that lately? Or a person who won't look you in the eyes? When you look at a person, look at their eyes. Gateway to the soul. Are they sad eyes? Today there's a lot of sad eyes. Because of the difficult times we've been walking through. Eyes with depression. Eyes with hurt. Eyes with rejection. that we have Jesus Christ in our lives and he is the salve that can heal our spirits, our souls. How am I doing this morning? Are we okay here? Are we all right? You're, all, you're with me here? Are we okay? Come on now. Come on. There's a few awake. I'm so thankful. I'll, I've got, I have to give a part, report to Pastor Grant when he gets back. And I'll say there were 12 listening, and the rest, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and this is what he'll say. He said, I'm going to give you an honorarium by the amount that we're listening. <laughs> We've got to be able to laugh, guys. It's good for the soul to laugh. But now we come one of my favorite scripture verses. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Many of us have seen this picture. It was painted by the artist Homard Hunt painted the picture of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. And as most of you remember, on the there is no doorknob on the Jesus side. In some in fact, some pictures betray there's a lot of garbage even there. And most would say, well, that's a salvation message that when Jesus comes and knocks on your heart and the doorknob is on your side and you, you open it and, and you, Jesus will come in. But it's also for us today as the church. This is speaking to the church. When was the last time that you actually opened your Bible and sat down and read and listened for God's voice? When was the last time? We get so busy and there's so much stuff happening in our lives that we totally forget about Jesus and he's standing there knocking on the door of our hearts and said, won't you let me come in? Won't you let me come in? And then when we run into difficulties and things go sideways, we say, God, where are you? And Jesus said, I've been here all the time. I've been knocking on your heart and you haven't opened the door. Can't you just open it a little bit and let me in? Just a little bit? Verse 21. It's a promise. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne and I'll also overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. 
There's the promise. There's the promise of eternal life. Don't you know where you don't you want to know where you're going? Back in 1991 or 92, we were living in England and uh, we were looking for a course that we could use as follow-up after our outreaches. And my wife and Annette and I went to Holy Trinity Brompton where the Alpha course started by Nikki Gumbel in those days. The course hadn't even come to North America yet. And as I sat in that Anglican church, Annette and I sat up on this big round balcony that went around design those days, and they had a worship team on that night, and there were no more pews in it. There were chairs, and the chairs were in circles with tables, and they were, they were eating. And, and I, Annette and I leaned to each other, and we said, if this works in England... This thing will work any place in the world. Because the message is about who is Jesus. And if you haven't taken the Alpha course and you want to grow in your walk with the Lord, this is an opportunity for you. It works. If you want to grow in your walk. He who has an ear Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Are you listening? Who's the church? We are. Where two or three are gathered together, we are having church. Today, I think we're more than two or three here, are we not? So, do you know, do you know the captain of your life? Do you know who is in charge of your life? Do you do you know? Because my prayer is this morning, as I was down here early, that there isn't one person that would leave here this morning in the same condition they came in. I pray if there's a big angel beside you, he'll slap you on the side of the head and say, pay attention, boy. I'm a messenger here. God sent me. Are you listening? The businessman got on the on the airplane. And there was a time I flew a lot and whenever I get on a plane I'd always put my big hand just before I'd walk in that plane on the side of that plane and I would say in the name of Jesus protect this flight. Because I'm getting on this plane. I haven't met the pilot. I don't know whether he was on the top of the class or on the bottom of the class. If he updated his license, I have no idea. I don't know if he had a fight with his wife last night. I have no idea. But I'm getting on this plane believing this guy knows how to fly this thing. Businessman got on the plane found his seat, sat down, put his seat belt on, and he noticed beside him on the window was a little girl with her coloring book and her crayons. And he said hi to her, and she just smiled. 
Pilot came on and said, please, everyone, make sure your seat belts are on. We're, we're going to take off now. The stewardesses would be seated. As you know, the plane takes off, and they've arrived at the level. And all of a sudden, the pilot comes on and says, we're going to be experiencing some severe turbulence. Make sure your seat belts are tightened. And stewardesses, if you'd please take your spots and put your seat belts on. Well, when they hit the turbulence, if anyone's ever been on a flight with turbulence, you look out and you pray that Boeing attached those wings really well. Because this is a rough ride. I'll tell you, it's better than going to Disney World. It's a rough ride. And it was severe turbulence. And all of then they flew out of it. And the businessman got his composure, and he looks at the little girl beside him. And the whole time, she'd been just coloring. In the turbulence, she got out of a little bit, was kind of out of the lines. And he said to her, honey, I, I noticed you, you're not afraid. She said, oh, no, I, I wasn't afraid. Well, he said, how come? Because she, she said, you see, my daddy is the pilot of this plane. Who is the pilot of your plane? When the turbulence comes, who's the pilot? If you haven't been opening the door to him in the good times, you're not going to know the pilot. Jesus Christ is our pilot. He has promised us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he has sent messengers to us. And if you want to look at the signs around us at this time, I believe the Lord is trying to tell us something. The question is, are you listening? Church, are you listening? So today, I want to conclude this message with this. You're here today, and the, the Lord has been knocking on your heart. Now, the responsibility is up to you. Are you going to open the door a little bit, or are you going to open it totally wide? See, I, I can't help you in choosing. No church can choose for you, no pastor. The decision is yours. So right now, I want to take this responsibility and I want you to pray with me to make sure that everyone here can say it is well with their soul. The Bible says very clearly, if I the, the preacher hasn't told you, their blood will be on his head. But if he's told you, the blood will be on your own head. So I have the awesome responsibility behind this pulpit this morning that Pastor Dwayne has entrusted me with to make sure everyone is heard. So on everyone in this place right now and those that are listening online, I would like you to repeat after me if you would. My loving Heavenly Father, I come before you a sinner 
And I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. He bore all my sins. And I repent of my sins. And I ask you, dear Jesus, to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Can you do that? Before I uh, bring the, the blessing, the benediction on the service, I want to make one more reference to the angels because I don't want all of you going out and buying an angel statue to stick on your dash, okay? This is what it says about angels. Revelation, last book. It comes just before the maps if you can't find it. Revelation, before the maps, chapter 22. Here it is. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Here it is. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. So I have heard many times people have worship angels. They talk about angels. They hang angels all over the house. No, no, no. What's it saying here? Worship God. They are a messenger, and we are also messengers of the message which is going to all the world, preach the gospel, the good news. So we are messengers. And like the angel said to John, I am your fellow servant. We're together in this. And I would encourage you to finish reading the rest of the book of Revelation. It's only a matter of a few verses when you have the time this week. And now I want you to receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord's countenance be upon you and give you peace. Shalom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.